Now is the perfect time to remove all blockages from your body with Reiki. That's why I have created the Fertility Foundation Collective. We now have over 60 Reiki babies. To join, go to carolinasotomayor.com. Hi, I'm Carolina, your podcast host and expert womb healer. Over the past five years, I've served over 500 women to remove physical blockages in their bodies. We achieve this with Reiki. I believe healing doesn't have to be done alone, nor should it be. You will hear stories of healing, methods to heal with, and guest speakers covering taboo topics you won't hear anywhere else. Let's continue this journey of womb healing together. Hi, I'm Carolina, your podcast host and expert Reiki womb healer. And before we start our podcast episode today, I want to thank Jenny O for her five-star review and rating on Apple Podcasts. And she stated, I've been lucky enough to gotten to know Carolina before the podcast. I instantly loved her energy and care for women during their fertility journey. This podcast is everything you didn't know you needed. So I just want to thank Jenny so much for that. Shout out to you. Thank you for supporting our podcast and letting us be a part of your fertility journey. So today's podcast episode is really important because If I had to do things over again, I would definitely want to know these things. If I was trying to conceive again, this is what I would do. And I think that this is prefacing understanding that this is coming from a spiritual and a healing perspective, in addition to also being trauma-informed and understanding how to prevent more trauma from happening. I would have definitely learned Reiki during my pregnancy so that I could have the ultimate healing tool whenever I had stress, anxiety, nausea, or pain. Because being Reiki attuned, you have the ability to heal yourself. You have the ability to reduce pain automatically with different symbols and there's different levels of Reiki. So I would have learned Reiki as soon as I found out I was pregnant or if not as part of my fertility toolbox. And that would have been so life-changing to be able to heal all of the things I went through during my pregnancy and the nausea and the pain and to reduce the vomiting, to reduce the pelvic floor pain, I would have learned Reiki right away. The second thing is I would assess my relationships to ensure I felt emotionally safe in them. And the relationships I had during my pregnancy are actually very triggering for me. And I actually don't have those relationships around anymore. I have made meaningful, healthy, emotionally safe relationships now. And I've learned to set boundaries and how to have healthy conversations about when things are not working for me. I've learned how necessary it is to set boundaries in relationships and also trust the red flags when people present them or trust what I'm hearing when people tell me who they are. The third thing is I would have developed a hobby that I'm super passionate about. I use this as a key part in my coaching structure. Anytime I am anxious, I will do that hobby as a secondary way of healing. Anything you're curious about is going to come from your womb, which is your sacral plexus chakra. So anytime that you are feeling anxious, sad, or mad, or racing thoughts, it's not only just going to ground you, but it's also going to allow that sacral plexus chakra to be open and nurtured and keep healthy. So having a hobby that you're curious about will lead you to have a passion. 
and learn more things about yourself and also connect you maybe to other friends or friendships. So it's very important. Hobbies are critical. The fourth thing, I would choose a medical provider that aligns with the type of care and birth that I choose. I would ask for the provider statistics like induction rates, cesarean rates. I would also make sure that I understand what hospitals and birthing centers and what type of birth environments that they support or are legally allowed to provide services for into. The fifth thing is I would research my state's laws related to birth and what they allow. In some states, a home birth can be attended by a certified nurse midwife or CNM. In other states, it is a felony for a certified nurse midwife to attend a home birth and assist in the state of Nebraska. So where you want to give birth is so important, can really change your birth experience and how supportive people are of your birth plan. So that could be at home, could be at a birthing center, maybe it's a birthing center attached to a hospital, or maybe it's a hospital. So it just depends on what type of birth that you're wanting and researching. And also making sure that that provider can support that type of birth in the state that you're in. I would dive in lastly to the type of beliefs I have around my birth and where did those beliefs come from and what do I want my beliefs to become. As a practitioner of Reiki, I develop new beliefs all the time for the things that I'm healing, but I'm also helping people work through those beliefs around birth to make sure that they're working towards as pain-free, as complicated-free birth as possible for what they are wanting. Lastly, write a reasonable birth plan knowing what is a nice to have and what is an understanding, what is birth is truly completely out of my control. I can plan for everything, but I may not get everything on my birth plan. Some things that are in your control could be like aromatherapy, asking for a water tub to labor in, having the ability to eat, asking perhaps maybe the gown that I'm going to be giving birth in. There's like birthing dresses now that are very soft, very modern, very beautiful. They also, some companies sell matching outfits for the newborn. So you can look super like put together right after pushing out that baby, if that's important to you. I think understanding that a birth plan is just that. It's just a plan and sometimes plans go awry. We're having this tiny soul come through the world and they have their own ways of doing things. So they might come in fast and furious. They might be slow or things may pop up. You just don't know how your body is going to go through that and you might end up in a C-section. But understanding like what is the most important thing for you in your birth is actually a key takeaway is I have some mamas who say at the end, I just want to have a healthy baby in my arms and I'll be happy. Well, that's easy. We can definitely do that. That's, you know, really, that's easy to hit. Just depends on what you're wanting. Like if you're wanting to push and catch your baby, but if you don't get to catch your baby, how will you feel about your birth experience? And I think it's really important to have that internal work and know and have those conversations with trusted friends of like, what was important to you? What did you really love about your birth? And also understanding that a lot of people are going to love 
They're going to love to tell you all their negative stories. You're going to need to have a conversation say, you know what? I would really love and validate your birth story, but maybe a few months after I give birth to mine, I'll be in a place where I can hear. Right now, I'm only trying to hear positive birth stories. The next thing I would do is I would regularly get Reiki and chiropractic care. Chiropractic care really is important because your spine changes as your baby grows and the pressures and within your hips also can be a lot of that pain and pelvic floor pain and round ligament pain can be relieved with a good Webster certified chiropractor. And the last thing is I would hire pregnancy and labor support birth worker who is reputable and I trusted. I wouldn't go with the first one. I would interview between three and five. I would not go with an agency just because I think that there's so much red tape with birth agencies or birth doula agencies. I would go with more of an independent or maybe a team and I would read the contracts. All of them have contracts. I wouldn't go with someone who didn't have a contract. How long are they going to labor with you? After so much time, are they going to be relieved? and someone else is going to come in. So that's why maybe a team is better. Do you get to meet with both doulas? How much care are you going to get before? How much access do you have with them during your pregnancy? Are they going to do a postpartum visit? Are they going to do a prenatal visit? How many hours are they going to be at the hospital? That's really, really super important because some contracts, and I think some of the doulas that I have seen maybe put a cap at how many hours their contract is. And then so if you're if they're with you at the hospital and you're maybe you're six hours in, like, okay, my time's up, but then where are you left with support? Then it's gonna leave you high and dry. And that's not the experience you want while you're actively pushing or that you have to like write them a check or settle a debt shortly after baby is born. So make sure you're looking at your contracts and you're looking and asking these kind of questions as to like how long is their support? What does the support look like? How much access do they have to you? What if they get sick? Who is going to be their backup? Can you meet with their backup? Are they going to come with you to your provider? Are they going to mess with your provider? Ask your provider, do they allow a doula in the room? Have they worked with that particular doula or birth support worker before? It's really important to ask all those kind of things. Are they specialized? Some of them might be more experienced or might specialize in some type of, like they might have special training for VBAC, so a vaginal birth after cesarean. So maybe you're having a VBAC birth and you want a doula that has that because that kind of training will be more specialized and have specific scenarios and items that they are trained to consider and because as a labor support worker or a birth worker, they are there to inform and give you the pros and cons of every birth option that's presented to you while you're in labor. And that way they are your advocate for all the things you have planned together up into your birth. The last thing I would do is know that you can change your provider at any time. They work for you. That includes doulas too. Fire them. If they're not for you, then fire them. Understand that you have a contract probably with a doula, but, and you might lose money, but like these people are going to be around the most important person you're bringing into your lives. You need to be a hundred percent emotionally safe with them. And that's why I recommend interviewing. You can go and do a meet and greet with 
your gynecologist, you can go and do a meet and greet with a midwife. They have those appointments set apart on their calendar. That is a very normal thing. You might be the first person doing it in your circle or in your family, but that's okay. You're a generational breaker anyway. So I think there's so many options for you. You just have to explore. I hope this is helpful for you. And if you have any questions about getting ready for birth or getting ready for pregnancy or fertility, please shoot me a DM on Instagram at the Carolina Sotomayor. And I would love to chat with you. I hope you have a wonderful day and just know I'm thinking of you. It was an honor to connect and serve you this week. If you are a spiritually curious person wanting to conceive and heal blockages in your fertility, click the link in the episode description to learn more about the Fertility Foundation Collective. Until next time, my friend, know you are loved.